everybody. Welcome to the Lifestyle Practice Podcast. I'm Steve Vandegraaff. I'm going to be your host today. It's great to be with you guys. I wanted to give a warm welcome to our new listeners. It's pretty cool. We've been doing this podcast for a few years now, and it's really fun to see new people coming on that have never heard it before and see how you get excited and how you're enjoying the podcast. So um, welcome. I hope you enjoy it. We have a Facebook page. It's just the Lifestyle Practice Podcast where we post episodes and you can follow up with questions or comments and we kind of have a little community there. So join us on Facebook as well. I wanted to talk to you guys today about a topic that is not near and dear to anybody's heart and that is dental insurance. Specifically, common mistakes practices regularly make with dental insurance. Much of our podcast is kind of higher level content and it's meant to raise your vision of what's possible. But I also like to mix in some more technical nuts and bolts type stuff that you can implement in your practice right away to increase your collections. It's kind of like that in our coaching too. A lot of our calls and discussions, we're kind of hitting big topics, talking about mindset and leadership. But it's also really helpful in my opinion to be able to answer the nitty gritty questions of how to run systems in your office. So with that said, my goal for you is today to be able to meet with your front desk after you listen to this and make sure that these mistakes are not being made in your office. And if they are, you can create a system to not let them happen again. I understand that none of us like dental insurance, but like it or not, it heavily affects us every day. Even if you're full fee-for-service practice, you're still filing insurance, you're still creating treatment plans for patients, so you need to know this stuff. So we can hate on insurance all we want, that's fine, but we need to know how to manage it effectively. Here are some common repeat mistakes. Number one, buildups. Clinically, we like buildups. Buildups are really good for patients. They restore lost dentin, they make crown preps more ideal, they make porcelain thickness in our crowns more uniform. Buildups are just really good for patients. I would say most, not all, but most of your crowns should have buildups. However, insurances do not like buildups. In fact, it's probably the most commonly denied treatment that we have. Insurances don't pay it either by saying it isn't necessary or more recently, they've started to just bundle it into the crown code. You need to be aware that this is happening. What do you do about it? Your front desk who is putting in EOBs needs to make a note of which insurances include the buildup as a part of the crown. If Aetna or Cigna considers a core buildup as part of a crown, then every time your front desk gives a treatment plan to a patient with one of those insurances, the plan needs to have zero estimated benefit for the core buildup. And I would say for really all insurances, when in doubt, just assume the insurance will not pay as you hope for buildups and adjust patient estimates accordingly. You can always refund patients if their insurance comes through in the clutch and pays more than you expect. So when you're jumping through the insurance hoops, remember buildups, the most commonly denied procedure. Second one, downgrades. That's right. We all know insurances 
love to downgrade everything possible. Obviously, the most common is composite fillings being downgraded to amalgam. Your treatment plans need to account for this. Most practice management softwares have an automatic adjustment capability where it just pre-estimates the patient portion being like 10% higher than what the benefit breakdown is on their insurance. Make sure your practice management software is using this. But for other treatments too, for example, Humana downgrades 100% of my surgical extractions to simple extractions. Every single one of them. Narrative, photos, doesn't even matter. So, like in the previous example, your front desk needs to catch this and learn which insurances downgrade which procedures. Another common one is crowns. So, there's like, I think, four codes that are commonly used for crowns. There's all ceramic, uh, PFM high noble, regular PFM, and then PFM predominantly base metal, I think it's called. But your insurance is going to downgrade your crowns to whichever one of these codes reimburses the least. I learned this when I negotiated contracted fees with insurance companies a couple years ago. The first one gave me a super high fee on my most common crown code. So I was really happy about that, only to learn that they downgraded all my codes to another code that they decided they would pay way less for. So very shady of them, but not surprising at all. Keep this in mind when you're negotiating your most commonly used codes and when you're giving a patient a treatment plan for a crown. Insurances, they downgrade. Your team needs to know beforehand so you can address it and bill properly. Number three, the third thing you should think about is related to this and it's called elite clause. You've heard of a missing tooth clause. Well, this LEAT, L-E-A-T clause stands for least expensive alternative treatment. I learned this, I learned about this a few years back when I took out uh, tooth number 10. I did a same day implant and I put in a custom healing abutment. It was a lot of work, but it turned out great. So I was, I was really happy about it. But then we got an insurance check a couple weeks later for $315. They said, sorry. Well, they actually didn't say sorry. They just said, we substituted a temporary acrylic partial instead of the provided treatment per the policy of least expensive alternative treatment. This is really common and you need to watch out for it. It's usually used in situations where you're replacing missing teeth where they'll pay for their portion of the cheapest removable appliance rather than covering something like a bridge or an implant, especially if there's more than one tooth missing in the arch. So if you're ever replacing a missing tooth, if there's another missing tooth in the arch, you need to be aware of this. It's probably going to happen to you. So when you verify the insurance, your team needs to know about waiting periods and frequencies and missing tooth clauses. They're likely doing that, but they also need to know if there is a leak clause. Watch out for that. All right. Number four, the last of today's insurance mistakes that practices regularly make is a lack of follow-up and resubmission of claims. It's very easy when a front desk has a lot to do and she's putting in 
20 checks and posting 20 EOBs to just plug in the numbers from the EOB, you know, the payment, write-off, close the claim, and then go on to the next one. But that is not the way to do it. Whoever is handling your finances cannot be nonchalant about this. This person is your collector. They need to be organized and persistent. We don't just write things off to get a nice even zero. We want someone that's gonna push back when the insurances play their games. As a part of this, if there is a problem or a denial on a claim, your front desk can just amend the claim and resubmit it. With electronic clearinghouses, it's super easy and fast. So as an example, let's say you get an EOB back and an insurance plan denies, like I said before, a surgical extraction and says that it's not a covered benefit. As soon as your front desk sees this, she needs to send in an amended claim with a simple extraction. If a core buildup is denied after a root canal, the claim needs to be amended and then resubmitted as a filling. You get the idea. Your insurance coordinator is being assertive rather than passive. And then for the things that she, or I I guess he, if you have a, a male insurance coordinator, for the things they cannot figure out, you need to be notified. In my office at the end of each week, my front desk comes up to me with a little folder with insurance issues that she can't figure out. We go through it really pretty quickly. Nearly all of it goes back to her. If there's a clinical question that needs to be answered, I can type up a narrative and then she can send in an appeal. But the important thing is this is happening. If your insurance coordinator never asks for help or never has a question about any of this, she's either the best insurance coordinator ever or more likely she's not trying to maximize your collections like she should be doing. And for you, you're busy, so you know it's out of sight, out of mind. But this leaves money on the table. Money that you've already earned. If you don't have a system for follow-ups and appeals and resubmissions, you need to make one. So everybody, those are four really common mistakes that dental practices make with insurances. Build-ups, downgrades, leak clauses, and lack of resubmissions you very well could be making these mistakes in your practice right now. And to be clear, when I say you're making mistakes, I mean your practice. We don't want you personally to be looking up you know, insurance verifications. We want you to make sure your front desk is doing these things. You can train and follow up to make sure that she is. Insurance in general, it's kind of a labyrinth, but my recommendation would be don't ignore it. This is definitely one of the less fun things you deal with in your practice, but attack it like you do everything else. Having tight systems in this area is, it's a really important part of having a profitable practice. And you're creating a profitable practice, remember, so that you can have a better life. So you don't have to work until you're 65 or your practice is profitable enough so you don't need to work the same crazy hours that other people do in the rat race. That's the big picture and the why behind all this. So if you have a question or a problem about dental insurance or another area in your practice, just reach out to us. We'd be happy to weigh in. You can email us directly, Steve, Derek, Justin, or Matt at thelifestylepractice.com. Or you can go to our website and you can submit a very brief survey of your situation and we'll personally weigh in and respond to you.
With that, everybody, I hope you guys have a very nice week. Peace. Oh,